it's good to be with you. We are in our fourth week. We have gone from the pathway, the bird snatching the seed, to uh, the, the hard places, to the, just the places that have consumed us, and we've finally gotten to the good soil. Amen? Yeah, so we've, we've worked our way through this, this, uh, this parable. So we're going to pick up again, and how many of you guys know what chapter we're going to be in? Matthew what? Okay, so a few of you, three of you, awesome. Good job, way of reading your Bibles. Uh, it's good to, Good to hear. So we're going to be in chapter 13, verse 8, and um, I'm going to read one verse real quick because uh, that's all there is to read. And it said, uh, and still other seeds fell on fertile soil, and they produced a crop that was 30, 60, and even a hundred times as much as had been planted. I'll read verse 9 just because. And anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. Let's pray. Father, we thank you this morning, God, for your word. We thank you that it falls on Hungry hearts, God, this morning on good soil this morning, Lord. And we thank you, God, that it would reap 30, 60, and 100 fold. And Lord, I pray more than anything, God, that you, Lord Jesus, would, would awaken, God, the destiny and the purpose in each one of these people this morning, God, that you would provide for them, God, uh, whatever it takes, whatever means necessary, God, for them to fulfill the call of God on their lives, Lord. And uh, God, I just pray that you'd be glorified this morning. You'd be made more famous today than you were yesterday. Come on, if you believe that, say amen. Amen. So this morning's, uh, the title is called More Than Expected. And um, I think that a lot of us, we put an expectation, we put a, we put a certain um, uh, kind of measure on what God can do in our lives. If you've ever been there, you've been like, well, I mean, God can do this. He did this for other people, but he's probably only going to do this for me. And, and I want to ask that you, would, that you would broaden what God is capable of doing in your lives. That, okay, I'm so glad that you all are so full of faith this morning. That you would expand what Jesus has the capacity to do in you. Some of you are living way below what God could do and desires to do through your life. The things that he wants to show you, the things that he wants to allow you to experience and encounter with him. That we are living less than because we don't think that he's capable of doing it. But what happens is in this parable, the, so, so what you have to understand is in this parable, it doesn't mean anything to most of us. Because most of us don't understand the power of 30, 60, and 100 fold. Because when you plant, how many of you guys have probably not planted ever in your lives? But for them, this was a, uh, this was a mindset of what they understood. This would be like when you get a promotion, you get, instead of getting just your standard promotion, you get 30 times, 60 times, 100 times your promotion. Now y'all are hearing what I'm talking about. Now you're like, okay. This is what he's saying. He's saying that the standard, the standard increase on a typical seed is 5 to 15 times as much. So 5 to 15 times is standard for uh, just a typical seed. You put a seed in the ground, you're going to get 5, maybe more plants, or up to 15. That was exceptional. But what happens when you involve God into your situation? It goes from not, not only 15, it doubles from 15. That's the bare minimum. Come on, church. It's the bare minimum for us as kingdom believers. The bare minimum is 30, some 60, and some 100 times more. Now, I don't know about you. Are you settling for a lot less than God has for you? And you settle based on those other three soils that we talked about. And so now we're talking about the good soil, and everybody can amen because no one was last week. Uh, what? Did that come out? I thought that was in my mind. Sorry. You know, it, and so I think it's so important to, to contend and to understand and to believe 
God for what he has for your life. That, see, the world can give you 5 to 15. But God involved in your situation can bring 30, 60, and 100 more than what anything else you could ever dream or imagine. That's why the Bible says that you could dream, think, whatever is your biggest imagination, your biggest thing. For me, I see Centerton 1. I see people coming and at groves to, to come and encounter the presence of God. And they go into nations and they're traveling. I don't think that's an accident why we live here and that, that Walmart is so influential internationally. I believe that there's going to be a move of God in this region that's going to go internationally. But you've got to believe and contend for yourself before we will ever be able to see what God wants to do internationally. Amen? And so, so here he addresses this and he says, look, still some seeds fell. Fe seeds, I want you to know, seeds are still falling. Now, what they fall in is contingent on you and I. I think a lot of us, we have this perception of when we hear good soil of perfect. I know for me, when I hear good soil, I think, oh, perfect. People just who've got it all together. I've got something else to help liberate you. Good soil does not mean perfect soil. Good soil means capable of, of, of allowing a seed to do what God said it would do. That doesn't mean that you still don't have to get into the soil and pull the rocks out and pull the weeds out and, and find the hard spots that, that have been trampled on. Good soil is not about so much about good soil as is a good steward. It's about people being intentional on the things that are happening in their hearts. I love what Alicia said, that we can, we can, we can hear God and, and read and see all the things, and then it's like, until we see it, we can't believe it, but the enemy can whisper something to us, and it's like, oh my gosh, I'm dying of cancer, just because we heard a thought because of a commercial, right? And so I, I want to challenge you with knowing that, look, you can be good soil. It's not about the condition of who you are, that you've got a past, or you've made a mistake, or you're having questions. What it is, is it's addressing it, saying, oh, wow, okay. When I heard that, I heard the enemy whisper, that's not for you, though. What you have to do is say, oh, yes, it is, and I have to go get that rock, or I have to get that, that, that thing that's trying to grow up in my field out. And a lot of us, we want the 60, 30, 60, and 100 fold, but we just want to be able to throw our seeds and not have to tend to the garden. And Jesus is saying, look, you've got, you've got to, to, to put your heart in my hands. And that leads me to this point is this, is that the condition of a heart or what you would say soil is no better than the one who's possessing it. My challenge for you this morning is who's possessing your heart? Who has it? You, you know, who has the soil? Who are you allowing to watch over the soil? Because no one like the Holy Spirit will tell you things that are going on in your life. If you continue to try to continue, you know, just try to, to watch over the soil in your heart, you will allow things in that you think you're capable of allowing in. Uh, it's just this little, it's not that big of a deal. It's not that, it's not that critical. And before you know it, you have a bunch of not that critical things sitting in the soil and it becomes this place of hardness. And then you begin to doubt and you begin to question God. You begin to be like, well, that's not, that's not for today. That was when the apostles were around. Because that's how, certain, that's how certain denominations have come up because of, of certain things that they allowed to get in their soil. And they're like, oh, the miracle signs and wonders, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, all the, the tangas of tongues, all that stuff. That's passed away. That was just in Acts 2. I got good news for you. We got a series coming up that's going to challenge that. 
because I want you to know that we live in a world where God says, hey, look, there, there are miraculous things that you can believe for, but it has to start here. Who's possessing your heart? Who has control of your life this morning? Right? See, the less you believe, the more things grow up around you and within you. The less you believe that what God said is true, the less you begin to move away from that, and the more things just begin to fill up your heart, fill up the soil. None of us have said, hey, I want bad soil. But bad soil just happens. It happens when we get frustrated, when we get disappointed, when we allow an emotion to stay a, a reality, when we let a feeling dictate who we are. All of those types of things, they get into the soil of our hearts and it begins to, the enemy begins to say, look, that seed that God's throwing is no good. No, no one wants you. You're not worthy. You don't have any value. And before you know it, you begin to believe it. And you begin to water those things that the enemy says about you. You see, good soil is the result of tilling. And that's where most of us, because you can't till up soil without it hurting. You can't till up the things in your heart and without it churning up some of those things that you've got to pull out. Because understand, every rock that you pull out is painful. Everything that you, that you have to take through and filter through your heart, the doubt, the questioning, the pain, the hurt, anytime you have to pull that stuff out, it's not like you're just walking through the real, wood, you know, real field and just picking up rocks and throwing it. It's your heart that he's talking about. And anytime that you have to dig into your heart, how many of you know that's one of the most closed off places in all of society <laughs> is our hearts. And when we have to till something up, and deal with the rockiness and the hard stuff and the overgrown stuff. How many of you know that that is where it becomes difficult to become good soil? Right? We all want good soil, but you have to go through the tilling process. You have to go through, God, I want to let my heart become subject to your word. That's why the Bible says the word cuts like a knife. Okay, now we're getting quiet. We were amening about the good soil, but now we're talking about how to become good soil. And it's like, okay, all right. Tilling, I don't know what you're talking about here. I'm just good soil. But see, good soil still needs to be processed. Good soil still has to be worked through. And my, my, my hope is that this morning that you would allow the Holy Spirit to get in your heart. And you would allow him to take the... The, the word of God and begin to filter through the things in your heart that you're questioning, that you're doubting, that you're concerned about, that you're wavering back and forth on. Because let's be honest, we all don't have this whole thing figured out. We're all in a process. And as, because we're in a process, there are things that we thought were, well, I thought it was going to go this way. And when things don't go the way that you thought they go, then now we begin to doubt God. And that throws up something in the soil. And then the enemy will say, yeah, I told you God was like that. I was meeting this guy. I was meeting with my, one of the guys I meet with on a, on a monthly basis. He's one of my mentors. And I was telling him about something about going on in my life. And he said, yeah. He was drinking his coffee. And just without even thinking, without even a, I mean, not even a thought process, he says, yeah, the devil's faithful. And I thought, what did he just say? I thought, man, I need to smile. He said, yeah, the devil's faithful. And I said, man, you got, I mean, I had never heard that. And I thought, wow, we talk about God faithful. I want you to know the enemy is faithful. He will show up every day and remind you of who he is and what you are not. And he will say, hey, man, you know, I, 
I heard, I heard, I heard. I want you to understand that as much as God is faithful, so is Satan. Satan will help, and he will help you throw rocks into your own, own field. He will help sow weeds. And you have to be intentional on going through the process. Look, good soil is the person that didn't let what Satan projected overpower God's word. Good soil is the process of you not allowing what, what the enemy throws at you to be able to fall into the soil. And he doesn't throw boulders because that would be too obvious. He throws in little pebbles at a time. Before you know it, your field looks like a creek bed. And you look around and it's got a little bit of soil in there and it's got a little bit of something growing in there. But it's not what God intended for your life. See, what, what happens? How, how do we till this up? How do we, how do we really get, get our hearts in the condition, in the place that God wants it. First thing you have to do is you have to take responsibility. A lot of times we don't want to take responsibility for the things that have gotten in. And responsibility will be required to see what God sows become a reality. You have to take ownership. You have to take responsibility and say, wow, I let that in. I allow that. I doubted God. I, I questioned God. I didn't think he would come through. And you have to take responsibility for the things that have gotten into the soil. And you also have to tell you, and I'm not saying that we've allowed some of these things, but the enemy comes in, the Bible says, and he comes and sows in the night, right? He sows in the weeds at night. And so what you have to do is you have to be responsible and check the soil on a daily basis. Say, whoa, what's going on in my heart? What's going on in my mind? What's going on? What, why am I starting to question God? Why am I not wanting to go to church on Sunday anymore? Why am I not wanting to raise my hands in worship? Why am I trying to resist people that I know that are really for me? Do you see what I'm saying? Why, why do I keep resisting? And you will resist when you don't take responsibility. The less you take responsibility, the more that you will resist the word of God in your life. You will say, oh, I don't know, I don't know about that. See, good soil, what it does is it protects the seed so it can reach its potential. Good soil protects. It says, look, what is, that, what is trying to, to assault the seed? And you have to care enough about what God is sowing in your life. I think it's a tragedy for us to see that God would sow something into our lives. And for him to take the energy to say, hey, I'm believing this for you. And he takes the energy to throw a seed into the soil. But we don't take the initiative to protect it. You have to be willing to protect what God is willing to sow. You have to be willing to say, wow, okay. I see where God's put that, and so now I've got to protect it. I've got to watch over it. You know, in gardens, there are all kinds of intruders that come in as far as little animals and deer and raccoons and squirrels and all that. What do they do? They come in to try to steal away from that plant. They try to come in, and you have to set up things, whatever means necessary, to protect that plant from becoming eaten, from it being devoured. And my question is, is what are you doing to safeguard your life? What are you doing right now to safeguard the seeds that God has sown into the soil of your heart? Who has access to it? Who has access to your soil, to your garden, to the things that God is saying in your life? What he's saying about you. See, here it says this. It says that that these crops produced 30, 60, and even 100 times as much as had been planted. 
I, I am fascinated by this, maybe because I don't even have a full revelation of what that means. Because the fact that God would sow into soil, and if it goes into the right place, do you know if we had a, a plant or a garden out here, and we had a hundred times more, we could feed nations? Where I'm going with this is what would happen if the seeds that God planted in your soil, how many of you would be living in overflow on a consistent basis, never having to worry about anything? But most of us are living by the 5 and 15 rule, and we're living in worldly standards when we should be living in kingdom standards. Right? See, good soil takes the same seed. It takes the same seed that these other three got got consumed by, and turns into a hundred times as much. So we see that it is not a seed issue. It is a soil issue. And there are things that God is wanting to do in your life way more than you thought he could do if you would just change the soil. If you would just begin to begin to stir and, and begin to till up and take responsibility for what's fallen in your heart. For what's fallen into your heart and your mind that's consuming that seed. See, in verse 23, he goes in and he begins to break this parable down to his disciples. And he says this. He said, the seed that fell on good soil represents those who truly hear and understand God's word. See, I think there's a big difference from hearing and truly hearing. Because he goes on and he says, those that heard the word and then they were consumed. But when you truly hear it, I want to ask you this morning, if, if you leave this place and you can't hear what God said to you, you're never going to see the harvest that God wants to do through your life. You have to be willing to say, okay, God, you said this. I'm going to contend for this. I'm going to believe it. I'm going to, I'm going to do whatever I've got to do to stir up the soil of doubt that's trying to come in. I'm going to do whatever I can to get the rocks of hard places that I've been hurt by other believers. But I'm going to believe, God, that that is not going to stop what you want to do in my life. Look, we live in a fallen world, and I think we forget that. And Christians are going to hurt you. Believers are going to disappoint you. Pastors are going to fall short. We're going to have bad sermons. I mean, not here, but everywhere else they will. <laughs> I'm kidding. But right, we're, we're all going to fall short. There's going to be scenarios and situations that happen in our lives. And, and we have to protect that soil. And this is what he says. He says, truly hear and understand God's word and produce a harvest of 30, 60, and even 100 times as had been planted. This is the amazing thing about that is that God will do a lot more than even what he planted in your heart. There are things that God plants, and then it's our responsibility to see what it can become. It's God's responsibility to sow the seed, and then it is our responsibility to take care of the soil around that seed. How much of do you, how, let me ask you this, how much of the promises of God do you want? How much of the things in this word do you want to see in your life? How much of the promises and the things that God has activatively pursued you by, by putting a seed in the soil, proving to you, I want to do this in your life. Look, all of you have seeds in your, in your soil. All of you have it. It's this, what are you doing to believe him for it? What are you willing to do to contend for what God wants to do in your life? And it goes on and, and it 
I think that the thing that you have to understand is this, this is my second point that I want you to write down is this, is that cultivation is the result of believing what you're hearing. If you don't believe what God said, you will not cultivate it. And so many of us hear God, and then what happens? The, the adversary comes, the, the accuser of the brethren comes, and he gives us reasons to doubt the seed. I mean, Jesus died on the cross, but that's all he did for you. And really, I don't even know if he did that for you. He did that because he felt sorry for you. And all of a sudden, all of these things that God has gone through the energy and the effort to put in your life, you begin to question. You begin to doubt. You begin to, well, I don't really know if that's what I'm hearing. How many of you know if you've ever been married very long and your wife or your husband says something and you go do something, you're like, oh, I thought that's what you said. And you've gone through this whole hour of doing something and you're like, I thought you said to do the dishes. And then you're like, no, I said to go check the dish outside the saddle. Oh, wow. You win because you misheard, but you got your free dishes clean. But right, there's so many things that we don't truly fully hear God on because, because of the doubt, the things that are clouding our, our ability to hear. I can't tell you how many times the Bible says, let those that can see and hear, hear the Lord. Right, because you can have natural ears and not have, you, you can be spiritually deaf. Just because you have natural ears doesn't mean, you know that God usually, you know, it's funny, people are like, God, talk to me in my ear. No, he didn't. He talked to you in your spirit. I mean, I'm not saying he hasn't audibly spoken because he does. But most of the times, he's not even speaking to this ear. He's speaking to a spirit ear. He's speaking to you internally, and he's saying, look, I've got something. But you've got to be able to hear God is saying before you will cultivate the seed. If God says, look, I, do, I think that you're going to change your workplace, this is what I want you to do. If you hear that, you will begin to cultivate and create an environment for that to happen. If God said, I want you to go into your school and I want you to do something, I want you to do this, I want you to go in there and I want you to begin to pray down the halls just as you do that. And God is going to, I'm going to begin to do some supernatural things in your school. If you hear that and you do it, you will begin to see what God said. But a lot of us hear something and then we just expect for it just to happen because God said it. But there is a secondary part to that, which is activation cultivation you have to cultivate the seeds that God is putting I mean even in the natural let's go natural here for us okay if you take a seed and you put it in the ground and you cover it up do you in the natural just cover it up and walk away and come back when it's popped up and finished no you go and you watch it and you make sure that nothing's getting into it you water it you go back and you do about your business. The next day you come in or the two days later you come back and you check it and be like, okay, nothing's dug it up. Let's water it a little bit. And you go back and forth cultivating the seed. And my thing is for us is a lot of times we're like, well, God said it, so that's what it is. And there has to be cultivation. There has to be intentionality with the seed. It's this relationship between seed and harvest. You realize that the reason that I know who Jesus is is because I've been willing to cultivate the seed. And in me cultivating the seed, I hear God's voice, which creates a relationship, not a religion. 
And then I go back and forth and I hear God. I say, oh, yeah. And then I go back. And then this relationship, and it's the seed thing that creates this relationship with him. And then now I'm cultivating it, and I can't wait to see the seed because I get to hear the voice of God. And then I get to see what God's going to do with the seed that he put in me. Do you see how this natural thing, and it's like, well, that's what we do in the natural. Do you realize that God gave us natural things so that we could understand spiritual things? He let us understand, hey, this is, why do you think marriage, we have marriage, it's, to kind, it's not to make us happy, it's to make us holy. Okay? It, there's, there's all these different, all y'all are like, oh, that's what it is. Yeah, that's, that's why you want to get closer to Jesus after you get married. <laughs> why did I do this, Lord? And then you realize, oh, wow, all of it was about you anyway. That's why you were living, everything was about you. And marriage will make you realize how selfish you are. No, just me? Okay, cool. But cultivation has got to become a factor in the soil. See, a lot of us hear, but we fail to believe it's possible. We can hear God, but can you believe that it's possible? See, if you believe it's possible, you will cultivate it. Right? If I gave you a seed and I said, this is, this is a pumpkin seed. It has the ability. These are super large pumpkins. When they grow, they get up to 300 pounds. If you sow it, you could see it. And all of us want to see it, but we don't want to sow it. And you never know the potential that God has for you until you put it in the ground in good soil and you cultivate it. Because if you don't believe it's possible, you will never put it in the ground. You will never water it. You will never watch over it. You have to be willing to watch over the seed. See, the condition of your heart and soil has a lot to do with what you have experienced. Did you hear what I said? The things that you've ex- the, the, the things that, that have happened in your heart right now have a lot to do with what you've experienced. If you're like, man, I haven't seen God do anything in a long time, that is not God's fault. That is your soil. And I know that that may come off a little harsh, but I'm just trying to help you out. Because I believe God wants to do something significant through your life. He wants to allow you to see a harvest. And you can continue to blame all these different factors instead of looking internally. I found out in most disagreements with me and my wife, if we have something going on, that a lot of times it comes back to me being willing to deal with me. And that, that anything that, in, in, in a lot of different relationships, as, as we interact, if we're not willing to look inward, then what do we do? We start looking outward. So we start the blame game. So now it's God's fault that I'm not getting anything instead of you saying, look, I'm going to deal with what's in my heart. There's some rock stuff. There's some, there's, some, there's some, like, weeds that are starting to look like trees. There are some things in there. There's, some, there's a pathway that's been created. I'm beginning to go back and forth on doubting God and believing him, and I don't know what to do. And then before you know it, we just stand over on this other side in agreement with the enemy. Like, yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. And we will never see what we are capable of seeing if we don't begin to believe and contend for the things that God has sown in our lives. See, how many of you are, you and I have the same amount of time and energy on a daily basis that we can put in anything. And your energy has to be spent on the condition of, of the soil in your life. You have to put energy into the soil for the condition to change. I think, again, it goes back to this, well, we just, I just think it'll just happen. No, we have to continually put energy into, if that's just like, 
God gave you a promise, if that's as simple as this, is going back through and saying, this is, what the Lord, this is what the word of God says about my promise. Just reading it and saying, God, I'm reading the promise. That's cultivating your seed. That's turning up the soil in your heart. Because what that does is the more that you begin to read God's word, it builds your faith to be able to believe God for what he says he will do. And so this is what we have to do is we have to begin to believe, well, God is really for me. It doesn't matter what people say that he's not or that I'm never going to measure up to anything because the Bible says that I am the head and not the tail. I am above and not beneath. That you have promised me thousands of thousands of promises and I will contend and I will believe them. See, you will never see what God sees in you until you begin to put the energy and the effort into that soil. Environment is everything when it comes to seed. What do I mean by that? All right, so if I have an orange seed in my hand and I put it in good soil in Arkansas right now, in good soil, I should have an orange tree in a couple of months, right? Wrong. Because the environment can't sustain the seed. And so many of us are trying to put these expectations on God. It's like, man, I, I put good seed and good soil, but you've created a horrible environment for it to live in. And, and so many of us is like, well, it's good seed, it's good soil. Well, that is not all of the equation. Without good environment, seed never, it stays dormant. If I have an orange, there might be one that pops up over the summer. But then it's going to die before it ever produces anything. And my question for us is, is now, now let's go back. It doesn't even talk about this, but seed being in good soil also has to be in a God environment. And so a lot of times what we do is we go to church, we hear a good word, we put it in our hearts, and then we get around a bunch of people who doubt, who speak negative, who question that God's even real, that, that he isn't anything like this. And then we get into this, these environments, and then those things begin to attack and penetrate the seed. And we never see what God, you have to put yourself in an environment of faith. You have to get it into an environment. You can create a false environment. You can put it in a greenhouse. And sometimes that's what you're going to have to do. You're going to have to put it in an environment where it can be protected and sustained by temperature. You're going to have to do some certain things to be able to, to protect what God wants to do through your life. This third thing I want, I want to hit on, it, and I think it's, Probably one of the most critical, and I don't have that much time to do it, but, but this is the, the third point I want to hit at this morning is this, is that the potential in God's word won't exceed your obedience to it. Did you hear what I said? The potential in God's word won't exceed your obedience to it. So in other words, God's seed only has the power based on your obedience to it. You cannot, just because God throw it, throws it out there, well, it's just automatically going to become. It has to do with now, okay, God, you said to plant this seed of whatever it is, so I'm going to begin to believe, and I'm by obedience, I'm going to begin to steward it, and I'm going to begin to work it. And a lot of times, this is where, I mean, that's why most of us shop at the store, because it's way easier to go get your shopping cart and go through the produce aisle and pick your bananas and pick your green peppers and get your broccoli and all of that, because then you don't have to take care of it but there was someone who was willing to put the work in to get that into the store so that you could be a consumer and my challenge for you is I believe that there are a lot of people shopping in your workplace 
looking for some fruit that you're willing to cultivate so that they can consume. That you're willing to walk through your school, that you're willing to walk through with your family, and your family is hungry for the things of God, and you've got to be willing to cultivate and plant and be obedient to what God said you should do so that when your family is hurting, when your friends are hurting, when your workplace is hurting, when your college people are hurting, when your school friends are hurting, that they, you can say, here, get a shopping cart, start shopping. Start getting what you need from the, from the Lord because I believe He's going to provide for you. But what happens is, is a lot of times we aren't even obedient to God's Word. So we never get to see what God wants us to see. So you have to trust Him at His Word. And I know that is like, that is elementary. That is that is just basic. But how many of you are trusting him at his word? It is way easier just to hear something about, yeah, I mean, that's what we're supposed to do. But what's God been speaking? What are you hearing? What are you cultivating? Because what you're cultivating is what you're hearing. If you're spending energy throwing rocks back into the, into the, into the good soil, it's because you're hearing something you shouldn't be hearing. If you're watering the weeds around it, it's because you're hearing something different. And God is saying, look, will you be obedient to my word? I'm giving you my word. You have to now heed to it and trust that it will do what it said it will do. T.D. Jakes, I'm going T.D. Jakes on you. If you work the word, the word will work. You've got to understand this morning that if you put God's word to work, God's work will begin to go to work on you. It will begin to do something. It didn't work out as good as I thought it would because I don't have the T.D. Jakes voice. But But I'm just saying if you would put God's word to work, you would begin to see what God's word can do. You've got to become obedient to what God is saying in your heart and not resist and be like, no, I don't want to have that conversation. No, I don't want to have to deal with that. No, I don't want to. Well, if you don't want to deal with it, then you're going to have things that you don't want in your life. And it's not until you're willing to cultivate and get the, last week I wanted, I had this whole thing. I was going to get a weed eater and I was just going to whack a bunch of weeds down. And some of y'all need to get a weed eater spiritually and start whacking some stuff down in your life. You need to start, you need to get a backhoe and start pulling out some of these big rocks in your life and say, it's time for my life to have good soil so that when God does something spiritual in it, it comes to pass. I mean, how many of you are sick and tired of hearing God's word and not seeing it happen? Come on, Jesus didn't get on a cross, get put in a tomb so that you could hear his word and not see his life before your eyes. The Bible says that he's alive, living, and active. Come on, church, we've got to contend. We've got to believe for the supernatural. We've got to believe for the words that he's spoken in our hearts. Because people around you, you may be like, I don't need it. I'm full. I got enough. There's people around you that are starving. And they need the harvest of your life. They need the fruit from your trees. They need to be able to eat. They're starving. They're all around us. And we walk past them like, man, I bet you're hungry. Sorry, I don't have anything on my tree to give you. You've got to till up. You've got to cultivate the things that God said in your life. I'm telling you, the journey is tough at the beginning, but it is worth it in the end. If you would stand with me this morning as we close. 
know, the harvest that you see will never be greater than the faith you believe in. Your harvest cannot supersede the faith. This is one of the things is, I think that it's dangerous in some regard is that a lot of times pastors are believing God for things. But how many of you know that you are not supposed to live off my faith? You are, I'm not supposed to live off of your faith. And so many of us are living off of others' faith and we're getting discouraged because of things that are not happening in my life. But God didn't ask you to compare your life to mine and my faith. Because my life is at a different place than yours is. You've got to understand that the harvest that you're going to see is going to be based on the faith that you can believe Him for. And I want you to know, church, God wants to do way more than He's doing in your life right now. A hundredfold. I mean, come on, church, what does that look like if each one of us were living 30, 60, or a hundredfold? What would this church look like? But this is what God is calling us to, is to believe and contend and say, look, I've been living at 5 and 15, but God, I heard what you said, so I'm going to go do some stuff so that I can see 30 and 60 and 100 fold, so I can be a blessing to others. Do you know rich people, they don't look for people to give them money because they have it. It's called, that's why there's a, a ministry where they just, oh, that's what they do. They just give money away. I just feel like giving a couple hundred thousand dollars away today. Because see, that's what people who have a good harvest can do. They are more worried about what they can give away than what they get. And so many of us believers, we're so consumed with what we're gonna get that we can't give anything away. God is saying, when will my people believe me for my word? Because what could we do in all of Synergy? And there would not be a hungry soul in Northwest Arkansas if we could believe. I mean, there would be things that we were able to do, we would be able to believe God for. Look, this is what I want to awaken our church to, is to believe God for a hundredfold. Let's believe Him. There's land that we could buy behind us. There's land that we could buy beside us. I mean, there's buildings we could build. There's people we could reach. We could have dream centers. We could have, we could have food banks. We could have all kinds of stuff. You know what's in my heart now. Because I believe we could have we could have a restoration house. We could have, but what can we believe God for? We spend so much of our energy believing for little petty things, trying to pick out pebbles in our stones instead of saying, look, God, I'm gonna believe you at your word. Amen. All right, I gotta shut this thing down. But let's believe God again. I sense this that some of you have been hurt, you've been disappointed been rejected by people you thought would accept you the enemy has played in your ear but I believe it's time to believe God again Peter said this he said we fished all night God but God said throw it on the other side and he said at your word Sometimes you just got to throw it when you've been doing the same thing over and over again. And you just have to respond to his word and say, okay, God. And there was so big of a catch that they could not bring it in. That's hundredfold return, church. It's amazing what we would have if we would believe God. We get on Instagram and we see all these people that we look up to and we're like, man, look what they've done. What have they believed God for, though? Amen. Man, Father. God, help us believe you 
God, help us contend. Help us, help us take out what needs to be taken out, God, and help us contend, cultivate, steward the seed that you've planted. And Father, I just speak over every heart today, God, that right now you are pulling out rocks. God, that you are making hard places soft again. God, that you are taking out the things that have overgrown our hearts, that if you have, that have been consuming our, our thought life, the things that we think, God. God, I thank you this morning, God, that I don't just pray this prayer, God, just to pray, but I truly believe, God, that right now you are going to begin to till the soil. And we're going to believe you and contend for everything that you desire to do. I would ask that you would do this. Write down some things that you know that God is speaking to you about. And see what God does. Because I believe God's going to do some miracles in this place. And if you're in this place and you don't know who Jesus is, we want to give you an opportunity to say yes to the Lord. Accept him as your father, as your Lord and Savior. If that's you this morning, you say, I just want to give Jesus the life, my life. I want to commit my life to him this morning. If that's you, if you would just slip your hand up real quick, you can set it right back down. You say, I need Jesus. I want him in my life. I want him to lead my life. If that's you this morning, just slip your hand up real quick. We thank you for, for every soul, God. We love you. We praise you. In Jesus' name.